Hi, welcome to On The Daily Season 2, a podcast focusing on authentic and acoustic entrepreneurship. My name is Danielle McCleary. I am your host. Y'all, I just left a nine-year fitness career to pursue full-time entrepreneurship, so I am in the trenches with you, but I got big dreams of being a millionaire and helping other people to become millionaires as well. So together, we're going from stuck to unstoppable, and I'm so excited that you're here for this ride. Let's freaking go. Hello, family. Welcome back to the On The Daily Podcast. This week, we are interviewing an incredible woman. Her name is Lucy Dunn. She has quite the story. A little bit about her. She is a self-proclaimed professional donut eater. She's an outdoor enthusiast, a digital nomad, personal trainer, nutrition coach. And she is the founder of Dunbell's which is an online personal training platform to help others transform their life once you know once they're ready and she kind of finally figured out on her own through her own transformations and a little bit of which we'll talk about in this episode but a little bit of her own findings and things that didn't work for her through that she was able to create this incredibly successful training platform um she is somebody who's recovered from binge eating disorder and she's taken her story and she's really like mixed up her passion and now she just radiates joy for a living. Her wife is amazing and they currently live in Australia. This episode is so awesome because we really do talk about all of the things that nobody wants to talk about when it comes to entrepreneurship and starting a business. And I just really think that you're going to love it. So stick around because after the show, there's going to be a little bit of um, there's a giveaway from Lucy and her team. And um, I don't want you to miss it. So make sure that you tune in at the end of the show. And without further ado, let's hear from Lucy Dunn. On the Daily Family, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to introduce to you Lucy. She comes to us all the way from Australia. And um, I'm just so excited you're here. Hi, friend. How are you? Hi, Danielle. I'm so excited that I'm here and just want to start by saying thank you so much for having me and working out all the time zones and things like that, accommodating. I'm, I'm stoked for this episode. Oh my gosh. I think it's so funny. I feel like the more you either do a podcast or you like run a global business that's like on the internet, you kind of just get really good at time zones. So I feel like now I have I actually have like a world clock that I like look at constantly. So I like always know where it is for like my teams in Australia and like anybody that I, you know, work with that's in the UK. And like, <laughs> I feel like my brain works on like global time now. <laughs> Please teach me your ways because I constantly rely on Google to like Google what time it is where I am with people all over the world. And I swear like daylight savings is about to happen in Canada, but not in Australia. And my half of my calendar has synced and updated but the other half is on I, had, I guess Australia time and it is like oh. I'm staring at March and I'm like I got no idea what time I'm supposed to be at anything everything's just going to be a little bit an hour off is what I can see happening yeah the U.S. is about to do do uh do daylight savings as well yeah well actually but by the time this comes out it'll have just happened so yeah so who knows <laughs> we'll, uh, who knows what we'll... time it'll be <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It doesn't matter. Well, I'm really excited about this. So you have like the coolest journey from what I mean, from what I've read, from I started following you. We were just talking about before we hit record that we it's like we get to kind of look into each other's lives before we actually record. So 
um, a mutual friend of ours introduced Lucy and I and was like, you guys will hit this off. Like you guys have to know each other. And as soon as I looked at your, your page and just everything you're into, I was like, oh my gosh, she has to be on the podcast. And it's so perfect because it is International Women's Month. And I would love for you to just start by like telling us a little bit about who you are, what you do, how you came to do that. And, um, you know, just to kind of let people in on who is Lucy. <laughs> yeah, I love kicking it off with this. And and what I'll say to that is same to you. It's like I, you know, we were introduced, obviously, and then I clicked on your profile. I was like, who is this force? Just like watching all these incredible reels, please, for the rest of your life, continue to make reels because they are so entertaining to watch. I'm sure you hear that all the time. Um, but it's just like there's so many similarities in the work that we do and the impact that we have on the world. And so I think that that's just going to create a really powerful podcast episode here. But to dive into it. Um, I mean, things sort of fell into place. I, I don't really love, you know, I, I don't often leave things up to like chance or, or anything like that. I usually try and like really, I, I like to plan things. I like to be organized. I like to be on top of the decisions that I make. But in terms of, you know, starting a business, which has now created this large, you know, Instagram platform and business that allows my wife and I to spend every single day together and kind of live the dream, we call it. Um, it did sort of just happen. It was like a personal weight loss journey that I went through. And so I lost 65 pounds. I had a horrible time doing that. Um, I was like the queen of yo-yo dieting, you know, dropping 30, putting on 40, dropping 20, putting on 30. Like that was my jam. And I was really good at that. And mm. it just got tiring. I didn't realize how much of a toll that was taking on me to the point where I went and, you know, got certified and went and looked for professional help elsewhere to figure out this whole weight loss thing, because it was really starting to, to rule my life. And so mm. I figured it out. I, I learned all about it and made some drastic changes in my life and then went too far the other way and developed a binge eating disorder. And so then I was, then I found myself in a whole different space of learning and unlearning. And it was just sort of a, a whirlwind and a mess. And so I opened up, I shared a lot of that journey online and it created this really unique, beautiful following of people that were also struggling out there. And, and it wasn't really something that people spoke about a lot. And so Never in my dreams did I imagine that that could turn into what it is today, a thriving business, you know, with thousands of dumbbells ladies all around the world, just absolutely crushing their goals. And that's just truly something that I pinch myself pretty much on the daily about is, wow, this is what has been created. And so that's where it all started is my own journey, my own story. And then obviously it wasn't as smooth as I'm making it sound. There have been a lot of ups and downs on the business side of things. However, that's kind of where it did start. My love and, and passion for, for helping people not go through what I went through and then turning that into what is now, you know, we offer online personal training, nutrition coaching, and we have this really badass community of women that are really helping each other. And that's called the Dunbells, right? Yeah. So Dunbells and we have our signature eight-week program, which is where all of our women start. And then we go through really setting them up after that eight weeks to thrive instead of having to be, you know, stuck to a fitness program, locked into some sort of contract that sets them up to fail. We, we sort of flip this whole fitness thing on its head and mm -hmm. go about it the opposite way to all of those programs that I went through and, and failed on myself. I <laughs> the first thing I think is like, you were clearly meant to be doing what you're doing because your last name is Dunn. And like, how perfect is it that you could create a business called the Dunbells? So right. really, like it couldn't have been more perfect in terms of like how, how your last name played into all of this. Um, I 
I think what stands out to me the most about your story is that it came it was it came out of something deeply personal to you and deeply experiential for you and that it came out of it not being a smooth experience for you and i i say that 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 was like the thing i took away the most because i think so many people they'll start businesses or people that want to start businesses even and think that they can't because you know, like, oh, I want to have a business of this, but I can't because my experience hasn't been positive with that. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, that actually is kind of the, you're, and you've just proved it. Like sometimes that's like the perfect place to start from is recognizing what didn't go well for you and then creating a business, addressing all of that and shifting perspectives and shifting the way that you do it and, you know, creating something that is more, you know, successful I think I think sometimes creates the bigger business. Would you agree? I hundred percent agree. And you know, it, it it comes with its challenges because it is sort of that that personal level where this you know strikes a chord for me that if it was a, a business idea like a product that I was completely unattached to, I don't think I would have a lot of the same extreme highs and lows that come with owning this type of business. And so there's definitely negatives and positives to it. However, I do believe that when it comes from a personal place like this, that passion and that drive is on next level because I wake up every single day remembering how it felt to fail over and over and over again, remembering what it was like to quit another program that I was following, remembering what it was like to feel after the weekend that I had screwed everything up when it came to my nutrition, have that personal attachment to so many of these things that all of my clients struggle with because we all have some sort of struggle when it comes to our health and wellness. And when we can just almost accept those and work with tools and techniques to allow those to be part of our life and realize these aren't actually anything bad or anything to worry about. We're not horrible people. We haven't actually failed at all. Those are the differences, just a few of the differences that we have inside of what we do. And so you're right, like that personal story and that personal level creates extreme passion and drive for what I do. And I think for anybody listening who has that little spark inside of like, maybe I could start something here, or maybe maybe I should pay attention to what I'm really passionate about. That's exactly where I started. Never did I believe it could turn into this, but it started with do you think I could help people with their fitness journeys? Yeah. I mean, well, well, yeah, because you, like you said, you understand what it feels like to not have it go right. You know, it's one thing. And, and so many people will get into entrepreneurship thinking that it's going to be just this perfectly amazing ride the whole time. And, you know, a lot of it comes from like, a lot of failure and it it a lot of the best ideas i've had in my businesses have come out of the darkest times of my life and i think that having that experience really like allows a person to grow and develop beyond maybe where they thought they could it makes me think of like this is so off topic but it's <laughs> it, it's in the same vein so i when i had my son I wanted the all natural unmedicated like water birth at home. That's what I wanted. Yeah. I was prepared for it. Like I am woman, hear me roar. I got <laughs> this shit, you know, like that was going to be me. Yeah. And he was breech and never turned. And I ended up having a very medicated C-section, which 
was like a whole a whole gambit of I blamed myself for a long time and that added mm-hmm. to my my postpartum depression for a really long time and I always kind of had this secret dream of of doing doula work and for so long I was like I can't do I can't be a doula like I didn't even get to have deliver the way that I wanted I didn't even get to give birth like I had I had surgery you know and I I had those those thoughts in my head of I can't do that because I didn't have that experience and I actually ended up I did end up doing and getting my doula certification and I realized like I never made a business out of it it ended up not being like something I wanted to actually like create a business mm-hmm. out of however I I realize now that actually not having that experience made me even more empathetic and even more passionate about helping women to have babies the way that they want to have them instead of the way that society tells us we should have them. Oh. Um, and so you made me you made me think of that. Like you you get have this gift now that you can give all of these incredible women that you know is like I know where you're coming from. I know what it feels like, and let's let's move through that together, right? hundred percent. And yeah, just like you said, and, and you know, to all the people listening, like even if your story or if your journey or what you're experiencing right now, you know, maybe you're starting your days before you go to your full-time job, writing on your notepad, all of these hopes and these dreams and these goals about the business that you're hoping to start. Like if you're at that stage and there are pieces of our stories that resonate, I would say that that's fantastic. If there are pieces that don't align, that's also fantastic because you can really make it what you want to make it. You can create what you want to create and your journey and your story will be unique to you. So just because we have, you know, these ingrained passions and these personal experiences, if that's not something that's resonating, that's also okay. You can still find so many other ways to allow that passion to run through you. And I believe that there's just so much untapped potential for people because we are so in society, you know, busy and overscheduled and working all of these hours and these jobs that drain us. And, and I think when we can step away from some of those things and really think about what we truly want to do, that's a piece to focus on. And that's a really important piece to live life from is that place. And, and that energy is completely different than anything else. And so personal story or not, I believe everyone's capable of incredible things and, and achieving their goals. Agreed. What Tell let's talk about like you kind of touched on it, but let's talk about this like hustle culture. Because <laughs> um, I find myself in grind seasons sometimes. I can you know I feel when I'm in a, a season of building or a season of like creating a new course or you know really edifying my team and redefining my lead, like whatever it is that I'm doing. I find myself in these seasons of grind where you know like I'm I'm definitely putting in more hours and I've said this before on this show, but don't you think it. <laughs> Don't you think it's funny when people think entrepreneurship is just getting brunch whenever you want and it's this like la-di-da, so easy, carefree life. Like I think I probably thought that at one point too. Like I before I became an entrepreneur, I always just assumed that people who were entrepreneurs like just actually didn't work. And I was like, Yeah, that'd be nice, but I I don't know how they make money. And now that I realize like I'm like, oh, actually, like I work way more than I ever did when I had a job. <laughs> And I've also come, like you kind of just touched on it, I've also come to understand that that constant, all the time hustle and grind is not healthy, it's not sustainable, and ultimately it's not making me happy. So what did what did you do 
before you started this mm-hmm. business? I assume just like most of us, you had a, a job at one point and decided <laughs> that that is not what you wanted. Yeah, hundred percent. And just for the record, I cannot remember the last time I went for brunch. So it is definitely not, you know, definitely like not. maybe a quick coffee before a long list of things to do on the day. But no, I think one of the biggest things that I have come to realize is that similar to you, those, whatever we call them, you know, whether it's the hustle, the grind, um, I like to envision it as like these waves. So sometimes it's like an ebb and a flow and we have moments where as business owners, there will be things that we may be required to do for the success of our business that doesn't necessarily always align with the strict boundaries that we place on ourselves. So for example, it's like not working on weekends, closing the laptop at five o'clock, all these things that we may carry with us out of our full-time jobs into our own businesses where we think, oh, I'm now living the dream. There are, I believe, going to be some times that do require a little bit more hours, a little bit more work, a little bit more of a commitment, but the reward, number one, the, the money and the financial gain that you can make in your business. And then number two, when you want to close laptop for three weeks at a time and you just then go and see the world and do other things, that that is something that I believe doesn't come from anywhere else other than owning your own business and creating that. And so the ebbs and the flows, I think are important to realize. Sometimes you will be on top of that wave, feeling a little bit thin, feeling a little bit pulled in each direction. But then when you're chilling at the bottom and nobody's asking you what to do, nobody's you know putting you under tight deadlines, you have so much flexibility and time in your day, you're living from this aligned place. That's unmatchable. And that's what I keep coming back to when it comes to, you know, why I started this. And so to get into it, I did, I had a full-time nine to five J-O-B. Um, I was, um, my wife and I were living in Canada. We actually both were working a ton. And so, um, she was, you know, looking after children, being a nanny, doing, you know, work that she loved and really enjoyed taking care of these beautiful families' life, helping them with the things that they wanted help with. I was off to a nine to five, you know, driving half an hour each way. Um, Mm -hmm. And and what we were realizing is that in our evenings as well, I was sort of at this point starting to think about building business. And I had, you know, been out a lot of the evenings after work. And so, we'd see each other for this small amount of time when we both flop our heads in bed and say, I love you so much. See you in the morning. And then we'd quickly get up, rush out the door. And, you know, basically what it came down to is we were spending our days and filling our time apart from each other. And this became like a really pivotal thing of like, what are we, what are we doing? And is this the sort of life that we want to live? And I understand that not everyone is in either a stage in their life where they can just say, okay, quitting my job, changing things. But if you're having a similar feeling, I encourage you to challenge that. And so Mm. basically what happened is we started talking about what this would look like for me to quit my very comfortable salary, my very cushy lifestyle with, you know, a job that actually gave me a lot of freedom and flexibility as it, as it was with vacation, time off, those sorts of ideal things that people strive for. Were you working, were you working in the fitness space? before? No, I was actually a project manager for a like signage company. So something completely different. And I would go, I would, you know, go to my stand-up desk. I'd work nine hours a day. I'd be on the phone nonstop emails, meetings, travel for work, all of these things that just were, were draining me. It wasn't necessarily an awful situation, but I just felt this underlying thing pulling at me, like that I was not born to do that. And so it got to the point where 
I was starting to entertain the idea of of quitting that job. That very comfortable salary was terrifying. It's one of the scariest things that I've done to date is essentially hand in my notice. I slid the piece of paper across the desk to my manager at the time and bawled my eyes out. And it's like, this is something that you think you should be like pumping the air about and like so pumped to, to leave. But I was terrified. I was scared. It was one of the hardest things I've ever done. And it was a big buildup to that moment. And then my first day, I remember sitting in a, a co-working space and I opened my laptop as my first day as my full-time, you know, business owner. And I was like, what have I just done? And I had this moment of like, what am I even working on? What am, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> I didn't yeah. need to quit my job. I, I don't have a long, I don't have too much to do. Like it was this moment of like, holy smokes, what have I just done? But honestly, wouldn't change it for the world. And so we were basically just working all the time, hardly seeing each other, wanting to go on trips, wanting to see the world, wanting to purchase things that, you know, made us excited, happy, and we couldn't do any of these things. And so we started looking at how can we change that? And so my wife continued to work. Um, and then basically just over two years ago, it got to the point where it's like making those decisions, you know, for, for our future of like, you don't, you know, you don't have to go to work if you don't want to. And and being able to to be in that financial position obviously is important. And mm. so that was a again a big decision. Um, but we went for it. We we lived in different Airbnbs every single month. We traveled around, we saw the world, we put this whole digital nomad thing to the test to see if we could actually do it. And some of the best decisions we've ever made in our life. And we made the move to Australia, like, and we're just getting started with all the things we're gonna do. So again, not to say it was like an easy, breezy cushy decision every every moment has come with its challenges but that trade-off is is so worth it for the life that we live it is and i i always say it's it's all about context so i talk about this a lot because i'm really into human design and i always talk Mm -hmm. about full body yeses versus maybes or like full body no Mm -hmm. and that's one thing that i had to like really learn the hard way was i was saying yes to a lot of maybes And filling my time and my calendar with things that I like didn't really want to be doing, but felt like, oh, I can though. Then what Mm -hmm. happens is like now I have no energy for the things I actually want to be doing, right? Mm -hmm. And my job ended up being one of those things that there were things about it that I loved. Like, you know, obviously I I worked in fitness. I worked at SoulCycle and, you know, teaching my classes and being in the room is, is amazing. And I was very much over working for someone. I was very much over begging for time off. I was very much over like being dictated to like as to what my value was or what my worth was based on like how many people were taking my class during a pandemic, you know, (laughs) like I was just so over that. And so then I, I think about things and now, now that, and I agree with you. I when I decided to make that choice, it was the scariest choice I've ever made. Cause again, very cushy, very mm-hmm. good salary, great benefits, you know, all yep. those things. And, you know, and obviously in America, we don't have like universal anything. So it's like mm-hmm. your benefits, you're paying so much money. And yep. I used to use that as like an excuse to not quit my job because like, oh, we need benefits. Like I have a kid, we need benefits. And then it kind of got to the point where I was like, wait a minute. I make plenty of money in my businesses to pay for insurance. So why am I so afraid? Like, I don't, you kind of have that wake up moment where you're just, you realize like, like, what are we doing? And that's, that's the exact moment I had too, of like, what am I doing? What, what is this going to look like in five years? Like, am I going to be like all these things that I'm holding out for working for somebody else, working in this job that I am not 100% passionate about anymore. Am I 
is it going to give me everything I want in five years? No, of course it's mm-hmm. not. You're never going to have everything you want for working for somebody else. Like that's just the way it works, right? And and I think you you nail it when you say like making that choice is really hard, but also and then of course once you do it, there are it is lonely. There are moments where you do not know what you're doing. There are still moments that I don't know what I'm doing. And when you put it into context, the long-term benefit of that and the long-term happiness it's giving me is way better than anything I could have ever mm-hmm. imagined. You know, and you can you can do that with anything. Like I hate cleaning. I hate it so much. It's the worst <laughs> thing in the world. It's a full body no, but I really love when my house is clean. And so for me, I have that moment where I go, okay, I know I really don't want to clean, but if I do it, then I'm going to have that long-term reward of having a clean house and a clean living space, which is going to make me more capable of creating what I'm trying to create in an environment that I really love and feel good in. And so I think that comes to, you know, making decisions with our businesses in this like hustle culture of when is it time to run? When is it time to hustle? When is it time to grind? When is it time to sacrifice weekends and, you know, turning my computer off at five, you know, five o'clock and all those things, sometimes making the choice to continue on and, and working through those moments. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have them, right? Mm-hmm. It's It just means like, it just, you're in a season, you're in a wave, you're in one of those waves where it's worth it right now because the, the long term of that is going to be even more worth it. Oh, absolutely. And I think getting comfortable with that, whether it's you're just starting a business or whether you've been in it for a few years, the conversation that I'm having with other business owners is we have to get comfortable with knowing that that is part of owning a business. And I remind myself of that all of the time. It's like, mm-hmm. I, I chose this, like, this is the life that you yes. know I, I did go for. And I just can't help but think all the time, like we get one shot at this, we get one life. And the thought of getting to the end or getting to whatever that end stage looks like, because reality is, is we never know when that is going to happen. I can't stand the thought of looking back and realizing that there were things that I thought about going for and not going for them. And so while it's scary to maybe hand in that two weeks notice, or maybe it's scary to even start the business on the side of what you're currently doing, whatever it is that you're faced with when it comes to these terrifying decisions, is it not more terrifying to look back and think, I wish I had done that? And that is what I think really fuels my fire is let's go for it. Let's try. We got one shot at this. And then life is just way too short to hold back. Yeah. What do you think about, because you know that saying, like, we have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. That was like my favorite saying there for a long time. And then I had this healer that I was working with say to me, right, but when one of your saboteurs in your life is uncomfortability, like being uncomfortable, and that's something that you just expect, then at what point does being okay, being uncomfortable actually just become comfortable? And I was like, oh yeah. Cause I was always so used to like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. And I don't know what's going to happen and it's okay. And I'm excited and and like having this energy of I'm always uncomfortable. And that's what's, that's, what's my genius. But then I had this, this like wake up call a couple months ago where I was like, and I've set no boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I now have no idea even what it, would feel like to be comfortable because I've 
always kind of shielded myself from that. So I would love to know like any moments, are there any moments in your business where you've realized that maybe like you didn't set boundaries or what are some of those like aha moments you've had along the way of, I need to set these boundaries now because I, I haven't. And it's now that's also starting to affect me. Yeah. Great question. And I think two things come to mind in terms of, I would say the the biggest one, and I'm sure when we end this, there'll be like a long list of other things that pop into my mind. So please don't think that there's just two, but I would say that the two biggest ones for me, um, the first one would be just my actual time. So Mm -hmm. as a business owner, especially when we're passionate about the things that we do, it doesn't always feel like work. It's sort of like, this is something that I would do for free. Like this is something, of course, I would jump on the call with this incredible human who's just changed their whole life with these incredible results from our eight-week program. Of course, I want to jump on the call and chat with an, an hour with them about how it went and what their next steps are and all of these things. However, one of my biggest lessons learned is that to build the business that I had envisioned, and I'm just going to be real from a financial perspective, I had to set boundaries, big boundaries around my actual time and how the business model was structured because there's only one of me. And while we have you know, other resources and team and all of these things to help these incredible humans, there's still only one of me. And if I make myself so available all of the time and give, 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 what I was finding is that my business has now hit a ceiling. It has hit a, I put a glass ceiling on how much I can actually scale and grow because it's relying on me was the number one thing. And the number two thing was that my calendar is fully booked. I've got a long chain of emails from clients talking about great things, but needing a response or having a question. And so I really had to go through the the business model and have some really tough conversations with clients who perhaps were, you know, clients right from the beginning. And they had purchased a plan that allowed them that access to that one-on-one time and talk to, you know, members about we're actually restructuring things, we're changing things. And those were some really difficult places to find myself in is, well, you've built this and you've built it wrong or a lot of the thoughts that went through my head. And so the way that basically we, we sort of talked about it amongst team was built this fantastic house. Like we've got this beautiful dream house that you put as your phone background. Like it looks amazing, but the foundation is cracked and there are there's water coming in. And there are these things that from the business side, we're just, it's almost like we needed to go in and we needed to gut everything. We needed to keep the awesome like main structure and things like that, but we needed to to put a better base down. We needed to pour a stronger foundation. And so that's one of the biggest things that comes to mind in terms of what we've been through in, in business of realizing that holy smokes, this is, it's amazing that all these people, you know, are asking for that time and that I have the, that I even have these clients that exist like Mm -hmm. that in itself is amazing. But what, what does that look like in terms of a forever thing in five years from now, when this quadruples in size, it's not sustainable. It wasn't, it wasn't built that way. And so that was one of the hardest realizations in business. Cause I feel like there's not a ton of information out there, or maybe I just missed it on really scaling and growing that business when it comes to you being like the coach, I guess. And so that was one of the biggest things. 
Well, you know what I think it comes from? I think it comes from the fact that we're all taught and conditioned to trade our time for money. Mm -hmm. And so when we step into entrepreneurship and no longer need to be paid for our time, but instead for the value that we provide, that's a hard lesson. That's a really hard lesson to learn. And I I mean, I'm kind of going through that now. I like I kind of thought I had figured it out and then I got myself into like another spot where now I'm rediscovering these like time boundaries I need to have. And you know, the uh, you know, for a long time I was like I'm not going to create courses that have pre-recorded modules cuz that's not personal. And then now I'm realizing, <laughs> okay, but you're going to you're going to coach every person one-on-one? Like how scalable you think that is? Like how yeah. How many people you think you're actually going to be able to do that for? And then I realized like that's just actually keeping a cap on what mm-hmm. my business can actually do. And some of the most amazing – I'm about to start this coaching program with – I love Catherine Zinkina. She's the Manifestation Babe. And I'm about to do her um, MBA – or it's called MBA. It's Manifestation Babe Academy. And it's mm-hmm. 20 weeks of coaching. And m- a lot of it is pre-recorded. Yep. and I don't care. Like I'm still here and I'm still going to receive all this value. So I think that was like a really big gut check to me when like now that I'm like really starting to scale and like, you know, I've scaled one and now starting to scale all the other ones. Like how can I automate this Mm -hmm. and still provide value? So I would love to know, and I know you had another one and I want to get to that, but I want to know what are some things that you've done to automate to make it more scalable? Yeah. Great question. And you're right. Like we're, we're no longer trading time for dollars. It is that, that value and that transformation, especially in, in dumbbells, like we are providing that transformation and a big gut check similar to you was I'm actually hindering and I'm actually the bottleneck and I'm actually the thing holding these people back from even excelling more because of how I had built the business. And that's something really hard to, to get comfortable with is like, we could give them more if we gave them this whole database of all of these resources that could be created. What could we provide them? Like resor- like things that they need in that moment that isn't relying on, you know, that one person showing up for you because that is, again, it's not setting them up to for lifetime success when they're still relying on that coach and that time and that, you know, it, it just, again, sort of looking at the holes in the business is a beautiful thing to do at a constant, like I, I encourage people to do that all of the time. And so, right. Well, you just yeah. nailed it. Cause then it's like, you have to like, cause I do um, entrepreneurship coaching and I take one-on-one clients and mm-hmm. I will probably all like, at least for the foreseeable future, have a leg of that, that is accessible. And that's like its own special thing. And I won't take very many people. And, you know, cause that's still something I really love doing is working one-on-one with someone and I'm realizing that can't be a big leg of my business. That has to be like the smallest part of my business because <laughs> yeah. actually if all we're doing is looking for people to work with one-on-one or even in like groups of three, you know, you're still, you have, they can't grow until you're available to give them the information, Yeah. right? So it's like now their growth is, is determined on my schedule. And if I'm filling mm-hmm. my schedule with a whole bunch of these one-on-one things, then I'm now not letting them excel. Because in fact, if I create a coaching program, you know, that is pre-recorded modules, they can move as fast as they want. <laughs> yeah. We get out of their way. We get out of their way. 
So have you done yeah. things like that? Like created yeah, so resources to, and like modules and stuff? Yeah. So to answer your question that you had asked about like, you know, how did you scale and grow and figure that out? And so again, just to be fully transparent and keep it candid on here, basically it came down to looking at the programs that we were actually offering. That was the first thing that we did. And so what was included in the levels of what these people were purchasing. And so we made a big distinguisher between our lower tier package, which is, you know, a cheaper investment for people to go through our eight-week program. However, they are choosing to not have that hands-on support. They're they're choosing to go through, we have an app that we, um, you know, work inside of, we allow them to, it's sort of more of a, a little bit of a do-it-yourself. You still get access to some, some group coaching, but in that option, if you select that, you aren't getting that one-on-one time with coach. And so that was one of the biggest things is like really distinguishing the packages and what we're offering and then allowing that calendar and that schedule to kind of open up because it's only now a smaller number of people who are selecting that higher package, which is including a small amount of one-on-one time through the eight weeks, enough for them to, to feel that support if you're looking for that. Because the reality is, is some people like to surround themselves with community and lean on those people. Other people like that one-on-one coaching style. And so you can now select which option you would prefer. So that was one of the biggest things, um, just sort of changing what's included and making it really clearly defined of, of what you're getting. And then just some other like nitty gritty, you know, behind the business side of things for, you know, what was taking up my time when people ask questions, when people aren't sure what to do right in the beginning, all of these sort of little things that can come as you grow business. And so it was like, we went with the magnifying glass over everything that I was doing week in, week out and figured out how we could make that something that's either automated could it go all together? Could it be delegated out so a member of our team could handle it? And basically that's the method that we use to figure out, okay, what's what's going on here? Because me sitting behind the laptop for eight plus hours a day is not why I started this business and it is not going to help scale it and grow it. And so things like hidden pages on websites that contain videos, that contain resources, that contain downloads, that have the answers to the questions that these clients have, that's set up for them now from day one. Things like video at week two, explaining things that we know that they're common, you know, at at that time when they're going through that, creating, you know, group calls and making sure that we set clear boundaries of how you communicate with the community and your coach. So these sorts of little things that all add up into the big things are what we have done to make that distance between, you know, business owner doing the work and running the business. Yeah. Cause it's so, yeah. Yeah. You're making me think of so much right now. Cause I, I, one of the things I do is I coach a 30 day kind of like nutrition program mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that helps people like address their gut health and kind of just helping people to figure out what is not working for them, identify yeah. like foods and triggers and things that their body doesn't love. And then kind of you know, it's a little bit of elimination where you like take things away for a little bit to figure out like what doesn't work and then put it back Mm -hmm. in slowly. And it's, I used to, before the start, get on the phone with everybody. Mm -hmm. Like, do you have any questions? And then (laughs) like, again, I was like, I can't be on the phone for eight hours a day. It just isn't sustainable. And that is not a global strategy. If I want this business to be a global business, it has to be with a global strategy. And part of that is now I have a video that I created that I recorded once that was like, here's all the questions that you may have and here's my answers to them. And 
it does automate and it does scale and it still feels personal to the people Mm -hmm. who are purchasing that, you know? Yeah. And you nailed it. And I think the biggest thing that we can come up against is, or you don't care about your clients or, you know, why would you, you know, why, if you're not jumping on the phone with them, like these are some of the, I guess the thoughts and the barriers and the struggles that I personally faced as I changed, you know, the model of the business. And what I will say to that is that this is actually because we care so much about them. It's like these, you know, creating these resources, hiring team to work on these things, to automate them. That is pricey. That is an expensive endeavor. And we invest that into the company because we care so much about their experience that we realize it doesn't serve them to rely on that crucial one-to-one time for them to have a really good story, a really good like journey, story, process, transformation, whatever we're offering them. And so I think it's just an important thing to note for all of the people who are, you know, starting business or coaches, we can back to that original point. We can think we trade money for one-to-one time. However, how much is that actually serving the people that are our clients and that are our customers? And what could we do a little bit different to really just serve them better? And I think that it's difficult. Again, it's hard and it's painful when you're going through it and when you're creating their work for these people. But again, it's so worth it. And at the end of the day, if the business isn't making money and it can't scale, well, then we can't keep offering these beautiful services that we do because we will run out of money and we'll have to go back to getting full-time jobs because our business wasn't sustainable. So it's not about being money hungry and wanting to make millions of dollars. It's about, we need this to be sustainable so that we can support more humans around the world, live their best life. Right. And spread, like add value to more people on a bigger scale. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, it's so true. I I love this talk of automation because I think it's such a big, and I'm so glad this is where this is going because I actually haven't <laughs> talked about this on the podcast before. So I, I love, see, this is why I don't plan my interviews. <laughs> um, I love this talk of automation because I think it is a hot topic right now. And it's a lot of, it's what a lot of business owners are going through you know, and, and one of and one of my businesses, so I, I talk about this a lot on the show, is network marketing. And network marketing in the past has been such a personal business where you, you know, you you work one-on-one with people and it's like you have these one-on-one connections. And I'm not saying that there isn't value in that. There is value in that. And if you truly want this global experience, this ability to add value to more people you are still one person. And if you are not creating like or freeing up that time in your actual calendar to be able to reach more people because you're sitting on Zoom calls, giving the same information over and over and over and mm-hmm. over and over again, mm-hmm. that's not sustainable either. And you know, I think about like, if you're listening to this and you are in the network marketing industry, because I know so many of you are who listen to this podcast, how much of what you're doing is going to be sustainable and is, you know, is going to allow you to have this like global business that you're trying to have, you know, Lucy, like you've, you've created this global business for yourself. And at the end of the day, thousands of people that you've helped, you didn't, you weren't able to do that by being on Zoom calls every day with every single one of them. <laughs> to be fair, I started on lots of Zoom calls and lots of one-to-one replies. And so I wouldn't necessarily change my journey. However, I believe I've learned these things and can now pass on these lessons and learnings just like you to other people and starting to challenge, I guess, the status quo of it means lots of emails, 
correspondence between clients. It means being at their beckoning call. It means jumping on Zoom calls with no time limits or no boundaries. Like we can challenge that and you can learn from all these people that have gone ahead and built, you know, six figure plus businesses. And they've done it without jumping on those one-to-one Zoom calls, taking all of their time. Because at the end of the day, we're business owners. And if we spend all of our time in the doing, doing the work, we, we don't have that space or capacity or energy to grow the business. Right. Right. And think about like when you listen to a podcast, when you watch someone's Instagram, you're not getting one-on-one time with them. You're, you know, you're getting what they've put out, but like, you're still getting value from that. So I don't know. I think you're right. I don't know why we've, cons- we've thought that like business has to be any different because it really doesn't. It can be just as automated and still very personal and give people that, like you say, the transformational experience that they're actually looking for. And it makes me think of, you know, I, I, I go to a lot of, I love music. I love live music. I go to a lot of concerts. I'm sure most of us do. Uh, and I always, love going and watching the acts like the opening acts because they're mm-hmm. typically like more personal, you know, they're they're new, they don't have that like they don't they still have that like fire in their eyes, you know. And <laughs> I went to a concert a couple weeks ago and after the opener's performance, she was like, "I'm going to be back at the merch table if you guys want to come and like hang out and take pictures." And I looked at my friend who I was with and I said, "She is clearly brand new in her journey because I, and I used to think before I understood, I would be like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Why don't the big artists do that? And now I'm like, because their time is valuable. And in order for them to get their art, their craft, their, you know, their genius out to more people, they have to protect their energy and sitting at a merch table with, you know, people who don't understand those boundaries is not the way to do that. It's just so crazy how you like when you go through it personally, you you start to you start to see it from that perspective. Where oh. ten years ago, I would have been like, "I'm only I only like when they come and hang out with me." But like, why do I get their one on one time? You know, like that their time is valuable. So I love I love that we're having this conversation, and I think it's true. It's like it's bending the rules. It's it's challenging the status quo. It's challenging what we've always taught, especially as we move into this era of online businesses. 100%. And I would say that it's a fluid, forever changing thing. You and I, I am sure of it, will look back in five years and say, remember when we had that podcast interview and the things that we were doing in our businesses at that time, we likely will be doing differently in five years, even heck, two years time. And so I believe it's just again, with that whole getting comfortable thing, getting comfortable with that. I don't believe that we ever arrive and we say, absolutely. Everything is now perfect. It's all automated. We are done. We can close the laptop forever and life is good. I still believe there are going to be times where whenever that comes, we need to then look at things again. We need to look at processes. We need to look at how things are operating. We need to keep adapting with the world changing. Like there are all these things that I guess, external events that happen or just, you know, being better business owners, we can always, I believe, be a little bit better. And so I wouldn't say that once you automate your business hundred percent and set up all of the softwares to do it for you, you can then sit back and kick those feet up. I'm still working extremely hard to grow and build my company even bigger than it is right now. And I'm okay with that, knowing that there's always things that I can do and change and do better for the clients. And so I wouldn't say that we arrive at a point. So please, you know, if you're working on automating things, it's a great step and it will help you grow and scale. 
But I do believe you're then going to be faced with, well, how can I grow and scale even more when you get to that point? Yes. Yes. Did you have another, you said that there was one more that came to mind for ahas you've had along the way about your entrepreneurship journey. I would love to hear that second one. Yeah. I think the second one that comes to mind is just around team. And so it's one of the things where, again, I think it's a little bit glorified on you know social media and maybe even events that we go to, conferences, things like that. What I would say is that one of the biggest aha moments for me is adding team, hiring people is in itself something that takes time. So it takes mm. time to find these people. It takes time to onboard these people. It takes time to train these people. It takes time to help them when something doesn't go as planned. And so as a business owner, these are all things that you're then required to assist with, at least until you have the team in place that will then do the training for you or the hiring for you or these sorts of other things that there are people in the world that can that can help you with this. But what I would say is a big aha moment for me is, wow, team is incredible and team is amazing and heaven sent. I know you've spoken to, you know, a few members on my team, but they're also, it takes time. And as the business owner, this is something to, again, get comfortable with knowing that it's, it's definitely worth it. However, it, it just, I guess, took to summarize a lot more time and energy from myself more than I was expecting when onboarding team around the world. Yeah, that is so <laughs> real. I had an assistant throughout the whole pandemic and then she just went to grad school and she was a like she was the most amazing human I've ever mm-hmm. worked with and she just got me and I am really good at the things I am good at and I am really not good at the things that I'm <laughs> not good at and I I feel like I had found this person that just filled in like all of my like cracks, you know? Yeah. And then she ended up going to grad school. And so I haven't had an assistant in a while. And my logical brain is like, just hire someone. Like, who cares? Just hire a virtual assistant if you need one. Like, that's fine. And then the other part of me is what you are saying is, no, that takes time and you have to build these relationships. And do you want to work with a virtual assistant? Do you want to have an in-person assistant, you know, and what's going to work better for your business in the stage that it's in and trusting that the right people are going to come when it's time, you know, cause we're getting ready for a cross country move in a few months. And I'm like, I don't want to, you know, like I know that I don't want to hire someone and then have to like let them go and then look for someone else. So I'm, you know, and I think part of it, like if you're listening to this, part of it is just trusting that timing and trusting that sometimes mm-hmm. like, Yes, you want to hire a team that is, you know, it, that understands your mission and understands the vision for your business and not rushing that because, again, they have to understand the mission and vision of your business. And if we are, you know, just looking for people that can make our lives easier, that I feel like isn't going. And I have no idea if this is even like the point you were trying to make, but it's what <laughs> struck for me. It's just, it really does matter. Your team, who you hire, to work for and with, you know, for you and with you is is a really big thing and can I think can make or break businesses. I've seen a lot of people just hire people because they felt like they had to and they needed to. And if they didn't, their business was going to fall apart. And then their business ended up falling apart anyway because they didn't hire the right people. 
Exactly. Yes. And I think timing is a huge thing. One of the pieces just to add on your beautiful point there is that we can get into this trap where we see online, you know, even quotes about there is no right time. Like now is the time and all of these, you know, messaging that can really hit us and make us think like, okay, fine, I'll just jump in and do it. However, I believe like listening to what's going on in your smart brain and listening to your heart is going to always trump what those quotes are saying. And we we have to trust ourselves. And I believe taking the time to, to find those people and to help those people and to train those people. One of the examples that comes to my mind is, you know, we've worked with someone for a number of years now. Um, she's a SEO specialist. So she helps with, you know, search engine op- optimization, not a world that I ever want to find myself in, tried to learn about it for a hot minute and then was like, I need some assistance with this. And I went through multiple people paid thousands of dollars for to try and find this right person who was going to help me. And to be fair, I didn't have a ton of experience in that specific area. And so what I thought was working really well because of these reports that people would send me was actually not working as, as well as I thought. I wasn't super educated in that role and in that area. And so sometimes slowing it down, taking the time to really find that great person, sometimes costing you know, money to, to go through people who unfortunately are not right fits all part of business. And so now we've worked with the same female for a number of years and she's absolutely rocking it, but it didn't take that one shot higher, perfect onto the next thing. It was multiple people sifting through tons of reports of looking at analytics, trying to figure out what was actually working, what wasn't. And so sometimes it's just like the not so pretty stuff that, at the end of the day, it makes a difference when it's done right. However, mm. I wouldn't say that it was like the most ideal situation in even trying to find that person and work with that person. Yeah. I mean, you brought and you that brings up like a whole other point about, you know, hire people. If you're not good, if like it something is not your zone of genius, don't mm-hmm. have so much pride that you refuse to hire and delegate out. I think in business is so important. I, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it too is I've seen so many business owners think that they have to do everything themselves. And I have a client right now that I work with that um, she has a very successful business and she's bottlenecked herself because she gets to the point where she has too many orders. You know, she she's a she does beautiful wedding stationery. And mm-hmm. she gets to the point where she has too many orders and then she freaks out and then she, you know, self-sabotages. Yeah. And I, my question to her was well, how about, how about hiring an assistant? Mm-hmm. You know, like how about hiring somebody who can help with some of these like logistical things so that you can focus on what you, what is your zone of genius. And I think so many people try to just do it all themselves because they feel like if they don't, they're not giving their business a thing. But at the end of the day, like your zone of genius is your zone of genius. And I'm saying you're into whoever's listening to this, like that is your zone of genius. And just because, you know, Lucy is incredible at helping people to transform their lives through nutrition and fitness and wellness does not mean that she is also, you know, a master at SEO and (laughs) that's okay. And is she going to let that slow her business down? Because it will, you know, at the point she's, you're at the point in your business, right? Where like, if you don't have somebody who understands and can and can really optimize your search engine so that you come up and you your business grows the way you want it to grow that will help that will hurt your business in the long run so what are we going to just like keep our pride so high and our ego so high that we don't need help or are we going to 
actually realize that a true business has lots of people and that is what makes it the way it is. Absolutely. Lots of people, lots of support, lots of encouragement. Coaches is another thing. Like coaches have coaches. That's okay. Like all of these big topics, we could be here obviously all day. However, I would just say is that zone of genius thing couldn't agree more. And it almost gets addicting when you realize that you're working on something that isn't your zone of genius. And you're like, let's hire this out. Like that sort of gets addicting because you realize how amazing it is to allow people to work in their zone of genius hundred times better than you could ever do it hundred times faster than you could ever do it. And that I believe is one of the biggest keys to scaling a business truly. Yeah. And it gives you, it's like, I, I think about this podcast. I wanted to start a podcast for a really long time. I had, when I say I had zero interest in editing, I mean zero interest. I had no interest in editing. I had no interest in SEO. I had no interest in producing it. I had no interest in like blasting it out and like pimping it out to all of these different, these platforms. I just wanted to interview awesome people. That's what I want to do. And that's what I'm good at. And getting to the point in my business where I could afford a producer and I could afford, you know, an influence management team and I could afford an SEO optimize, like I could have like, or an SEO optimizer, like I, that has made my business grow because you, and then you get, it's like, it's like that, then we get into that whole conversation of money, right? Like, oh, well, you just want to make more money. That's why you're optimizing. But by being, by making more money, I can hire people that, now are in their zone of genius and have a have a job doing exactly what they want to be doing and how beautiful is that and you know it's like it it's just like this chain reaction of l- allowing people to truly be in their zone of genius by by letting your ego and like your pride kind of sit in the back seat for a few hours yeah absolutely and the reality is is not everybody in the world as much as i like to think that they that they are not everybody in the world wants to be a business owner and there are some people who thrive in being told exactly what to do my wife for example does has has no interest she's so talented in so many things compared to me I feel like I have a very small handful of talents that I'm really good at she's one of those people who is amazing at everything and so I'm sitting over here thinking I'm kind of glad that I'm not really good at all those things. Otherwise I'd have to start a million businesses. And so it's a blessing in disguise. However, she has zero interest, zero interest in owning a business, starting a business, running a business, would much rather show up, be told, here are your tasks to do and absolutely loves that. And so when we can provide opportunities for people to make a really good living with the list of things that we get them to do in their zone of genius, I believe we're all winning. And that's just something to keep in mind. Oh, a hundred percent. My fiance is the same way. Like she is, she is so good at so many things and could really do anything she wanted. And although I have a lot of interests and I'm a very multi-passionate person, I, I'm built to be an entrepreneur. I'm built to like just start businesses and grow businesses. And she is built to help other people's visions become a reality. And that is what she truly enjoys. And like, thank goodness for her. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's just such a really, I was actually my favorite thing that has been on yours and your wife's um, Instagram over the last little bit is um, a video about how you went to work and she slept in and that's the life you guys have created. (laughs) And I was like, 
yeah, that tracks. That's pretty similar to our family dynamic. <laughs> it's like Breezy's always like, I'm so grateful that you decided to like start your own businesses because like now you're home and like you can, you know, you're kind of like setting your own schedule and like I'm now not pressured to like get out of bed early. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Stay at home wives for the win. Like it's a, you know, it's a fun place to be. And goes back to that whole, how do you want to live out your life and how do you want to spend your time and what do you want to look back on and be really proud of yourself for doing? And so again, it was not necessarily easy. I'm sure there will still be times that are really challenging as the next phases of our life, you know, transpire. But at the end of the day, we went for it and it's an amazing life. We're so grateful for it and we'll continue to do whatever we can to help impact people all around the world, but also ensuring that we're living a life that aligns with the way that we want to live at the same time. I love that so much. I have one more question for you. Yeah. Um, what's like a five-year goal you have for your business? Hmm. Great question. And I will be fully you know, honest here and keep it real. Goals and I guess intentions and visions and things like this has always been a little bit of a weaker point for for me personally when it comes to the business. I hired a um, coach to help me work on even things like mission, value, those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And so to be as unsexy as it is, to think about five years from now, it's just, it's doing exactly what it's doing right now, just on a larger scale. We grow on um, on the books essentially about 33% year over year. And so I would be happy business owner if for the next five years we could keep doing that obviously we would onboard you know team and more of the resources that are required to to come with that growth but i will be honest i don't have like a word a google doc or i don't have a journal where i have my like five-year goal written down for the longest time when i was starting business it was own a six-figure business hit 10k months like those were my big things and then since and, you know, nailing those for the last two years, I have not gone back to some of these goals of like, this is exactly what I want to do. And this is exactly what I want to achieve. And I'm going to write it down every day, which is what I did with the six figure and the, the 10K months. So it's a good reminder. Thank you. I need to take some time to maybe give some thought to what the five-year vision does look like. No, I don't know if you do. I mean, I don't know if you do. I'm I'm what they call a non-specific manifester. And it sounds like you are as well, where I'm actually not meant to do things specific because when I do get too specific, I like obsess over the things that I don't yet have. And then it like clouds my ability to grow. And so when I manifest and when I think about like my visions and my five-year plans, I focus more on the feeling that I'd like to mm. have at that time in my life or what life should feel like at that time without getting too specific so I love that you said, you know, if you're doing the same thing you're doing now and you're growing 33% over time, then that's, you know, 30, 60, 90, 120, 104, at least like 150%. That's a business that's 150% bigger than it is now. And that's amazing. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be stoked with that. And to go on to the feelings, some of the big, I think, you know, I've never had a label put on it, but I want to feel like freedom is like a big thing for me. It's like freedom of choice with what we do with our time, freedom yeah. to make financial decisions in our life and, and not be stressed with that. I don't do well with financial stress. And so I'm very grateful to be in a place where um, that has, you know, become a really good, something that I've worked really hard on and something that the business has allowed us to experience is that freedom. And so 
to go on the feeling side of things. I want to wake up and decide what I want to do each day. I want to have that sense of freedom to help other people make an impact, donate, volunteer, those sorts of things. Those yeah. are, that's how I want to feel. I want to feel that, that freedom to pick up and say, let's go tomorrow on that road trip, or let's book those flights that we've been thinking about. I want to start a family and know that that's, we're going to be, you know, introducing this beautiful human or humans or whatever's going on there into this beautiful space that feels calm and easy and amazing. So these are some of the feelings that, that I want to have in five years time. I love that. And that's like, that is so I feel like that that's like so something that you can taste and that's something that you can feel. And, you know, I think it's just as valuable of like a manifest as somebody who is really good at writing specifics down. Like there, I know plenty of them. They write, they're very good at being very specific and the -hmm. universe, God, whoever you pray to delivers. Right. And for me, it's always been more about how do I want to feel? And I remember having those moments where I was like, I just want to have, I want to have a 10K month, like those coveted, I feel like that's such a, it's a coveted 10K months. Like it's such mm-hmm. a benchmark in in like business entrepreneurship, like mm-hmm. I just want to have 10K months. And then it's, and it's funny because you said in a couple of years, we could be talking about this. Like I, I listen to myself now say like, I remember when I used to think about 10K months and now, like you said, that's something that's been happening every year for years now, every month for years now. And you really do build upon it. And it's such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful feeling. I had a moment this morning. This is like my last little point I, I was thinking about. I had a moment this morning where I was at um, a workout class and the instructor was young and, you know, talking about I think we were doing like some band thing with like like long extension band and we had to like kick our leg out with it. And it's like some like boot, it was like a booty exercise. But <laughs> she's like, who are you kicking right now? Is it your boss who like won't let you have time off? Is it your, you know, is it your roommate? Is it your, you know, is it somebody that like is telling you you can't do something? And I just had this moment of just reflection of, wow, I I don't have that anymore. Like I don't, I don't have a boss that I, I will never have a boss again. I will never have somebody telling me again that I can't do something. And like, I have to stop and like be grateful in that moment. Cause that is what I, I prayed for, for a long time. Like I asked the universe mm-hmm. for that life for a really long time. Mm-hmm. 100%, it is a, yeah. Thank you for reminding me of that. Cause it's a really, yes. it is some, and we, we forget, we forget to have gratitude for these moments. Cause I, I did. I, I, I prayed for that for so long. I just don't, I just want to be able to go where I want to go and I want to be able to do what I want to do. And I want to be able to like book that flight and go on that vacation and not do anything. I want to be able, if I want to sit in my bed and sleep until noon, I want to be able to do that. And to have the life that I can do that whenever I want is something that I have to remember to like stop and have a lot of gratitude for. So thanks for that reminder. (laughs) Thank you for that reminder. And I think we can always be giving ourselves that reminder, or at least when something happens in the world, like, you know, you could have let that statement just go straight over your head and think nothing of it, but you're in that mindset of extreme gratitude for the fact that you do not have really anyone to kick. Your life is now surrounded with people that you don't really want to kick anybody. And isn't that a sweet life? That's, in my opinion, like a good circle to surround yourself with and a good bubble to have going on in your life. It's a really amazing place to live. And so you could, we we have these choices in our day. We can let those things that happen zoom on by, or we can hold on to them, soak them in, let them do what they were intended to do for us. Yeah. 
And I believe we have that choice in a number of times in life. And even right here, right now, it's like so grateful to be connected with another incredible human doing incredible things. I believe life is filled with those sorts of moments that just allow us to continue to be those best versions of ourselves. and how cool that we get to do this. Yeah, man. It's so true. It's so true. Like, and if you're listening out there and you're like, I don't have that, you know, and there were times where I would, I, before I, before I really bet on myself, there were times where I would say to myself, like, oh, all those people that like get up and they meditate and they work out when they want and they, you know, don't have like responsibilities, like whatever, good for them, can't relate. Like, and I would be really bitter about it. And I just realized that those triggers were actually like activations inside of me that I needed to address. And Mm. I hope that if you're listening to this and you're hearing us talk about these things, like we're not saying these to be like, "Mm, look what we have and you like, that's not that. And I I think you can feel that, but just know that that the, the, like that kind of life isn't some fantasy. It really isn't. It's one that like, like we've said, you have to work for it and you have to make it a priority and you have to like bet on yourself in ways that you probably have never thought you'd have to you know, and it is possible and it is worth it. I think Lucy, you've done such a beautiful job of just showing that, like not just, not just saying that, but really showing that through everything that you've accomplished and congratulations on everything that you've accomplished. And I'm so excited that we're now connected and I can follow along on like everything that you will do because I can feel that it's really big and really, really profound. So thank you for that. And tell people, how can we find you if you are if you if you're listening to this and if somebody's listening to this and they're like I need to do this girl's program I need to know who she is I need to follow her like how can people work with you where can people work with you tell us everything yeah we have a few exciting things and obviously saving the best to the people that stuck it out and and stayed for the whole episode you're going to get all the juicy details here but I do just want to say like you know thank you as well and congratulations to you and and we're definitely not saying these things as like a look at us here we are on top and like you know see you when you get here good luck I always say like my DMs on Instagram are open all the time for these sorts of conversations. If there's anything I can do to help, like I will help. I have a high school graduation. Like there is nothing I would say special about, you know, what I've done in terms of education to build this business. It has taken a lot of hard work. I've learned a lot of lessons along the way. And I believe that anyone listening to this can also achieve that and can be one day on a podcast with you maybe, or with somebody else talking about their journey and their experience. So I think that that's a fantastic way to end. Um, we have some awesome things to, to do to finish the, the cast. Danielle's been so generous and has entertained the idea of a fun giveaway. And so I think we can post the details in the show notes so that they can click the link. But essentially, we are wanting to give away a few spots into our signature eight-week program. And so for all of the listeners, um, we're going to do a fun draw. It will be announced over on our Instagram. And so connect with us there. That's the best spot, honestly. Emails is is not a great way for getting that. Our inbox is not monitored. And, you know, website contains a lot of information. But the real side, the reality of what's going on in, in my day-to-day life, just to be completely honest, is, is going on over on Instagram. And so at Dunbells is where you can find me. So it's D-U-N-N-E-B-E-L-L-S. And all of the magic happens there. Like I mentioned, if you hit me up with a DM and you just want to say that you enjoyed listening to this episode, or if you have specific questions like about business or about our signature AV program, like always happy to have that conversation and, and help out anybody that I can. I really do enjoy 
that part of owning business is just like connecting with all the incredible humans over on that amazing social media platform. So that's where I'm hanging out. That's where you can find me. And I can't wait, honestly, to to hear from all the people that, that love you and, and to continue following along with what you're doing in your life. Because like I mentioned at the beginning, never stop doing reels, please, because yours are the, like the best. They're just so entertaining. <laughs> That is the best compliment I think I've ever received ever in my life. I was so afraid of reels and I finally like got over my damn self and just was like, this is, this is the way that people are growing their businesses. So I need to really like do this. And it, it's been so fun. I, I still don't know if I'm doing them right, but it is, it is fun. So thank you for that. And so, yeah, if you are listening to this and you want a space in this amazing eight-week transformational program that she offers, like go DM her and tell her you want in on that. She's going to do a giveaway, like so generous. And Lucy, you're just such a gem. And I I hope that someday we get to meet in person because I just can tell that we will be, we will hit it off in all of the best ways. Oh, I can see double dates happening for sure. We'll be on some amazing adventure and and I I can just see it like happening. I can see it being this like unplanned thing and actually just like bumping into the two of you and being like, of course this happened. Of course this was meant to be. Of course. Yes, 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 (laughs) yes. And thank you again for your time today. Time is like, honestly, like we talked about, it's such a gift and you've given us, you know, what is an hour or more of your time today. And I'm just really grateful. So thank you for that. And I hope you have the most amazing day. Well, thank you for having me on and thank you everyone. Your time is valuable too for tuning in and listening. We really do appreciate it and so glad that we could get to spend this time together. Well, I promised that there would be something at the end for you and the Dunbells and Lucy have been so gracious to do a giveaway, which is going to give probably one, maybe a couple of our listeners a free package with the Dunbell program. And all you have to do to be a part of that is to go click on the link that's in our show notes, and you will be automatically entered to win that free package. But I highly suggest you go follow Lucy. She is at Dunbells on Instagram, and it is, I mean, she's amazing. And everything she posts is just so great. And She's just joy. And and it's so true. She wanted to radiate joy and that's what she does. And she does it through her incredible platform and she's really built quite the business for herself. And so I'm excited for you to hear it. And so if you are new to our show, welcome to On The Daily. And if you haven't subscribed, go ahead and head over to Apple Podcasts and click on the subscribe button in the top right-hand corner of our page. And make sure you leave us a review and a rating. We love those. And honestly, it's how we get the podcast out to more people. If you want to come and hang out with me on Instagram, my name is at Danielle underscore On The Daily. I'm an entrepreneurship coach, obviously a podcast host, top leader of a network marketing company, as well as a human design reader. And I offer things in all of those areas. So come hang out, come slide into the DMs. Let me know that you love this episode. If you do love this episode, share it on your Instagram, tag me. I will absolutely reshare it. And um, I love reading how these episodes impact you. Uh, We have episodes every Tuesday and Friday. So if this is your first episode, come back on Friday for another episode. And if not, we will see you next week. Thank you so much.